It's not often that you stumble across an unexplored lithium tenement in the lithium triangle. It's not often that you find a company that strikes 200 milligrams per litre of lithium in their first batch of drill holes either. It's also not often that you find a company with a management team that has overseen several projects through from exploration right up to production. Yet that's exactly the kind of company we find ourselves with today. I'm Shay Russell and welcome back to Cocktails and Commodities, the resource podcast where macro analysis meets mining insights. Tap the like button so you always know when exciting exploration opportunities pop up, but please remember all information in this podcast is general in nature and not financial advice. Today I'm chatting with two people from Green Wing Resources. This is Peter Wright, the Executive Director, and Rick Anthon, the Chairman, and we're here to talk about their exciting lithium project, San Jorge, out in Argentina. Let's get on with it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here in the studio today. Pleasure having us. Now, it's always exciting when I get to record in person instead of virtually. Uh, Peter, you and I last met at iMark last year we where did. we talked about uh, an exciting graphite project that Greenwing has under there yes. on their books. Yep. But today we want to have a different chat. I want to talk about lithium, which is a little odd given the lithium price has uh, come off the boil, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, now, first things first, I'm actually going to start with you, Rick. Now, in Australia, we've heard a lot about uh, hard rock lithium uh, and how great the Pilbara is for the sources of hard rock lithium. But the San Jorge project that you guys have out in Argentina is brine. What is the difference between hard rock and brine for all the non-geologists out there listening? Yeah, I think you need to think about them as, as the processing path. So if you look at the hard rock projects, what they actually produce, they, they produce a, uh, an input into the lithium supply chain, which is their lithium concentrate. So they're digging up their dirt, hopefully around the 1% mark. Uh, they're, they're concentrating it. So they're coming up with a 6% concentrate and then they're putting it on the ship to China. That's the only place it goes to at the moment. In in China, it then goes through a, a, a highly energy intensive uh, refining uh, process to ultimately, uh, uh, which includes heating it up to an enormous temperature running a lot of acid through it and ultimately through the end of that process you will produce uh, lithium carbonate or lithium hydroxide. So it's a little bit like the iron ore producers. Um, uh, Twiggy Forrest, he doesn't he doesn't make steel. He's not in the steel game. That's a good in, point, <laughs> yes. He's in, he in the iron ore game. Uh, the, the brine's a different proposition. So the brine producers, uh, the large ones in South, South America like uh, Albemarle and SQM and... Um, what is now Arcadium, they start with the brine. Uh, the brine is is actually refined, is 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 refined and processed at site, and the and the end product, be it again, be it a carbonate or a, usually a carbonate, because the hydroxide is then taken off and processed elsewhere. But there is a, a carbonate product produced, which can be sold as a finished product, and it's generally it, it's generally lower on the cost curve to produce those brine based. Products. So brine's cheaper to produce in a, in, a, in a very rough sense. There's the, the people will argue about that, but yeah, it is it is cheaper to produce and it is cleaner. Oh, that's right. Because to produce brine, it uses basically solar energy. It uses energy the first, from the sun. About the first thirty percent of your pro, of, of your process is solar energy. Is it much more time which is concentrated? Yes, ab absolutely. And that's that's the other trade off is that is that it can take to set up a brine project um, from when you first started filling your ponds to when you first started uh, for, uh, producing a finished product could be 18 months. 
Now, tell me, I would like you to indulge the geology nerd in me. Uh, your project, San Jorge, rests inside the Andes as part of the Lithium Triangle, which yep. is the border, which is a triangle that, for everybody listening, that shares a area with Chile, Argentina and Bolivia. Your project's located in Argentina. Uh, tell me, how are these brines even formed out there? I think you need to think about, think about the, the, when you talk about Argentina, you, you're, you're at, and Chile and Bolivia, you're at 4,000 metres. So you're high and you're very, very dry. These are, these are very, very low rainfall areas. And this, this is where you produce salt flats. So you've got, you've got the, the, the water and the snow runoff, but you've just happened to have the rocks there which leach, will leach out the, the lithium instead of that just being washed off. Um, they will actually uh, aggregate within these, within these salt deposits. And so that's what, that's what uh, is being produced in or being exploited across the whole of the, the lithium triangle. Um, now, before we move on, I want to talk about why lithium in general, uh, because, you know, I said earlier, lithium's come off the boil. And for the last couple of years, it has been the hot commodity to invest in, not just on the ASX, but in the North American markets as well. Why would you guys want to take on that sort of commodity risk uh, in a company, oh, sorry, in a commodity that has, you know, been really hyped up and now it's sort of flattened out? Yeah, look, I think that um, you, Rick and I have especially, Rick, been involved and exposed to lithium for a very long time. And, um, I have, in my investing career, always sought to find exposure to enduring supply and demand dislocations, um, to be on the right side of them. Um, and lithium has always struck Rick and I as exhibiting those characteristics. Um, we're not selling lithium right now. Um, the long-term... Uh, forecast between supply and demand for lithium is still extremely compelling. Uh, yes, it's had a pullback. All commodity prices that are flavour of the month or flavour of the decade um, <laughs> have these pullbacks. You get a lot of people in both the stock and the commodity level who have no fundamental view on the company or the commodity other than it's lithium, it's going up. And when you get a temporary demand supply balance like we have had last year and perhaps this year, a lot of that speculative money, both in stocks and in the commodity, ceases to exist, and you get what we had last year, which was you know eighty percent correction in hydroxide, spodumene, and carbonate price. You also need to put it in a slightly bigger perspective because I've sort of had the misfortune, fortune, misfortune <laughs> to be involved in the lithium industry since two thousand and six. It's a long time. It's a long it's time. Nearly so twenty years. Nearly twenty years. So I, th I think yeah, from a sense, probably longer than most. Yeah anybody else going going around you know, why lithium lithium is part of a structural a structural economic change which is because it is electrification that's what drives it so it's 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 it, it's not a whilst it has cyclical elements to the to to demand and supply as happens when you're in a when you're in a free market structurally you have you have a fundamental decarbonization change now that's not going anywhere yeah, so you, you get has there been a bit of a pullback yeah, with with events like uh, events like Ukraine and these sorts of things when people say, well, well, well geez, we still need coal. Of course, you still need coal. Of course, you still need gas. But fundamentally, that decarbonisation and electrification process is is ongoing, and it's not just the it's not just the motor vehicle manufacturers. It's going to be the it's going to be storage. It's going to be the grid. So why why lithium? That's that's a fundamental driver because the you know, there is no other meaningful technology for electrification of the fleet outside of 
lithium batteries. There's nothing on the horizon that's going to go close to close to changing that. So yes, you're going to get you're going to get these um, ups and downs in the market. We saw that in 2019. We saw that in 2011. We saw that in 2007. So, uh, but the theme, the theme, and the structural change has just got stronger and stronger and stronger, and it's not going away. Uh, I like to put the argument forward that it takes millions of years for these rocks to form. Surely mm. a couple of years uh, to ride out the depressed part of the cycle isn't going to hurt. Well, I think it's, uh, but I think that comes into, your, you don't see structural changes in, in your economy happening in the blink of an eye. No. A and predicting how fast electrification takes up, predicting the rate of, of, of EV penetration, predicting the rate of, of, the, of the growth of uh, storage is... is it's not, it's not quite darts at a dartboard, but it's difficult because it's a very complex thing to do. But take a look back. Is it going down that path and is it continuing to go down that path? Yes, it is. Well, arguably some investors are being impatient because we only know a world where the internal combustion engine exists. Mm. We weren't there the first 30 or 40 years it took to see mass adoption. And that's what uh, Greenwing Resources that's what you, and is that's moving what you're into. Yeah. Yeah, except it's happening a lot closer, quicker than 30 or 40 years. Certainly is. Um, yeah. Even you know these things. I remember when I started in financial markets, and they were talking about we're going to have these handheld devices, and everything you could ever conceivably need will be on these things. And, you know, not long out of Dubbo, I think it's the greatest rubbish <laughs> I've ever heard. And <laughs> here we are. Yeah, you can track flights, anything. I. Completely agree with you. I remember a phone that had a blue screen and I thought yeah. that was the, the epitome of the highest technology and I'll never advance past yeah. this. That phone was also more unbreakable than anything I use today. <laughs> All right, so that's the case for lithium. But what takes you out to, I might throw over to you, Peter, sure. what yep. uh, took you out to um, Argentina to build this lithium project? Like what, what was attractive about San Jorge itself? Oh, well, look, um, to go back a couple of years, so we... Had um, we had manufactured, or we so we brought um, Graphmata online successfully. COVID came along. We weren't able to get people in or out of the country. Certainly weren't able to mine or export concentrates. COVID, yeah. And you know, so mostly Rick's idea. Um, I take half the credit, but <laughs> Rick was of the view, and I agreed that we need to diversify jurisdictionally and commodity risk as well, but within the same thematic. If that makes sort of sense. So, so you increased your commodity risk during COVID? A, well, sort of. Um, Rick, given his, well, nearly 20 years with Oracobra and um, his knowledge of projects available within Argentina, had come across this project and suggested it might be of value. We got it at a point where lithium was on one of several ebbs, um, you know, as compared to where it was post and now where, where it is now. So. Um, we made the decision that we liked, you know, the broad thematic, hence why we're in the graphite. Um, here we come, a lithium project, very much liked it, um, as opposed to Millie's reward in Madagascar, was very straightforward to bring it to an exploration stage and progress that exploration. And yeah, that's that was the decision that we made, and you know, here we are, um, hopefully months away from an initial mineral resource estimate. And we knew, and we knew, I mean, I understood Argentina well, but. Um vendors in the project but we also knew that we could put like anything we could put a team together which we have done and we knew the people that would be working for us um, so but sort of planets aligned a bit when you had a project in Argentina I had the experience in Argentina we knew the people in Argentina um, it, it was compelling to uh, it was a compelling uh, proposition to invest in that in the San Jorge project. 
So this is about the problem in every podcast where I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's talk about that and stuff my schedule. Um, you just talked about having a local team in Argentina and the skill set there. How important is it to have, obviously, the support of the local workforce where you're operating uh, and obviously the local knowledge, like the intellectual oh, capital out there? It, it's important anywhere. And I think, I think as Peter would attest, we, when we were operating in Madagascar, we were successful in building up a really good you know, relationship with the community there, as well as building up a team. Now that yeah. that, that 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 project uh, yeah, suffered obviously during COVID and, and had had the issues of being a little bit under un, under scale. But the principles of actually being able to have the relationship with the community and build the team and and have the governmental relationship where that mm. they're transportable and that that applies wherever you're working. Um, so it's not just a particularly Argentinian thing, but it's very handy in Argentina, <laughs> you know, given language and and culture, to have. Uh, to have local people who you've worked with before who you can depend on. Yeah, look, we, we have an exceptional in-country manager over there. He spent a lot of time with Oracobra, uh, highly fluent in English, uh, obviously completely fluent in Spanish. Uh, and the doors he's been able to open for us, you know, at ambassador levels, ministerial level, government level, uh, for us has been fantastic. Um, you know, he's invaluable to us. We were lucky enough, again, by Rick's association with Oracobra to get Murray Brooker to have oversight of the program, which we're very happy with. And several of the, ge of the geologists there at the site had previously worked for Oracobra. Mm. So like Madagascar, where we have an outstanding team, we still have all those key people in place. We've assembled a very good team in Argentina as well. And not just the drilling, but the permitting, local relations, um, provincial government and federal government. Yeah, we, we're in pretty good shape over there. And it wouldn't be possible without those people. I really like the line of uh, the words I'm hearing come come out from your mouth, and I guess this um, throws to a little bit of your experience as well. So, former life as an equities analyst, I like to see you know what line of sight management has on getting something to production. You're not just out there exploring; you've got views on how you can get this. If you know, build a maiden resource out and get this to production. You're not just here to kick some rocks and hope for the best. You 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 know the direction you're taking, don't you? Absolutely, and you know. Um, Whilst we might have lost sight of it at present with equity prices, there's two markets. Yeah. Us, right? There's the asset market and there's the equity market. Now, we have a major investor mm -hmm. who potentially in three or four years' time needs to consume a lot of lithium. And three or four years' time out from here, where that lithium comes from is very uncertain. Mm -hmm. There is still a massive gap between supply and demand as we move out 2027, 2028 and beyond. So, And, and interestingly enough, one of the effects of these sorts of cycle swings is that demand will get big, that gap will get bigger because mm. you, 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 you will see projects that either get delayed, and you've seen that in some of the recent press about some yeah. of the projects in Australia, the projects will, will get pulled or they'll get shuttered or they'll get delayed. Now, that all has a knock-on effect. Yep. And every company, large and small, will start thinking, oh, this is all a bit hard, we're going to slow, we're going to slow down. So, but what's, as I said, what's not slowing down is on the other side of the equation. Hmm. Now, you've got some holes in the ground. I believe you did your first maiden drilling program. You started last year. Yep. Uh, you had three very promising uh, results. Yes. And then you sent another three, or you drilled another three holes on the... Or in the process. In the process yeah. of drilling those ones. Now, uh, let's talk about some of the results that came out because initially when I first went through the results, I noticed that it was showing... 200 milligrams, or mil yeah, milligrams uh, of lithium per litre, yes. and the, the market's come to expect a little higher. So why are these, uh, uh, well, where are these results coming from, yes and what is no. it telling us about the deposit? Well, look, 
for a broader context, we and pre-NEO's investment, the initial plan was to drill on the edges of the Salar. Mm-hmm. So the Salar is the most obvious place to go and drill first, but we wanted to establish what we thought were the governing parameters of, of the resource. So we haven't actually drilled the Salar yet. Mm, um, that's very so promising. Where we're drilling, uh, the surface samples were sort of 70 to 90 tops, milligrams per litre of lithium. So that's correlating to 200 up to 230 mm-hmm. milligrams per litre as we drill off sailor down to varying depths, um, which is encouraging. Next year, sorry, this year, um, <laughs> when we move to the middle of the sailor, which we're in the process of building roads to get out there, we're starting at 200 milligrams a litre. There's mm. surface samples up to 285 milligrams per litre at surface. So we can't guarantee, but we, we do strongly expect that the grades will go up. But, you know, there's the vagaries of exploration. You know, we're, we're quite happy with Hulk 4 at the moment. We'll be releasing specifics of that over the next period, but pleased with... And, and we've got it to the ASX 4 this year. We reported a depth of 306 metres a few weeks ago. We've just said that we're finishing that hole up now. They're moving to 5 and 6. Um, but, you know, and there's potassium there as well now, which is encouraging. But... Next year, yeah, so this year, we're going to start where the highest grades are in the project. But um, Murray, who is a gifted geologist and highly experienced, has always had a view that there is poten- the potential for significant resource addition out to the west of the sailor. So mm. when you visit the sailor, it's abutted on the east by mountains, so it cuts off pretty readily there. To the west, it extends four kilometres um, okay. off sailor. And it's not uncommon. You know, there are several deposits in the lithium triangle. Yeah, Galan, Galan. Galan's done a great job of... Which are excellent resources, just like Galan's. So that's actually extremely encouraging what you're talking about. If if these are results coming from the edge of what you thought might be the boundary and it's still showing that sort of grade, that's actually not disappointing at all. That's quite tantalising then, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Now, this is the first time this salar has been drilled, Correct. isn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. So nobody actually, we've got a very good geologist on board. Well, not we. I, I mean, Several. I'd like to be part <laughs> of the team, yeah. but you've got a really good geologist on board. Yeah, we've, got a good, we've got a good team there. But no, it's, it's, it, was, um, it was a virgin resource, so, so it hadn't been, it hadn't been, um, hadn't been mapped, hadn't had geophysics over it. Uh, it had been tied up, tied up with, um, you know, with a, a local, the, the local who we ended up um, doing the transaction with. And, and. The, one of the real positives about it is, it is we have a large acreage there, mm. and you'll see a lot of, um, particularly over the last four or five years, you would see a lot of smaller uh, plays that have been promoted heavily, both on the ASX and uh, also in Canada, and, and they would have a piece of this or a piece of that, and you looked at that and said, well, that's interesting, but is there really is there really scope there to build a project? And the answer is probably. You've got 38,000 hectares, you have control of the whole Salar and you have all the area around uh, around the edge of the Salar, which you which if you build a project, you will need that for infrastructure. So that's one of the one of the things, except one of the things that excited us about it when we looked at it. How does a site like this go hidden for so long then? As you said, it's virgin ground. We've got we've got no drill holes in there until uh, Green Wing came along. How does this stay 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 hidden? Well it was it was probably have to ask uh, ask our uh, our vendor as to why he didn't. It it it, it, it he, there were a couple of putative deals done mm. on it, but yeah, 
go back and have a look at that cyclical thing. It didn't get taken out in the in the in the big run up in two thousand and nineteen, and then everything went quiet. And that was about when we came along. So. Oh, that is a fantastic COVID win for you guys. Yeah. All right, so let's move into what can investors expect next because we know everybody loves a bit of news flow. Yes. So you've got uh, results, assay results upcoming for Hole 4, I believe. Hole 4, uh, porosity results um, are indications for holes 1, 2 and 3. The porosity is key. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't get the lithium out, um, may as well be on Mars. Um, <laughs> you know, we're looking forward to, we'll, we'll be tabling results to that end. Over the next little while, could be up to a fortnight. Mm-hmm. Um, hole five and hole six to be drilled. Um, definitive information on hole four and its conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, mineral resource initial res, uh, initial technical data from um, interacting with direct lithium extraction companies. You know, there's a lot there. Um, what good it does us in this market, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, Operate by stealth then. I think that's yeah. a great way. So what I'm hearing is uh, basically you know exactly where you're going. You've got, you've got your yeah. plan well mapped out and it's a case of the market we can do. go do what it wants to do. The company's just going to get on with what needs to be done in order to bring this project to life. That's right. Now, before we wrap up today, I have two questions for both of you. I'm going to start with you first, Peter, and then I'm going to move to Rick. Uh, Peter, what do you think is the best unkept secret, the best kept secret about uh, the San Jorge project? Uh, that's a <laughs> good question. Um, Bear, bearing in mind we have disclosure obligations. I know. To the <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, no. <laughs> no just don't forget about those. <laughs> well, look, I think there's a lot of upside over the next twelve months going out in the middle of the sailor. Uh, I think it's very exciting. Hole four and the implications that it may or may not have for extending off to the west. And as much as anything, having been there mm. um, and spent some time both in Australia and over there with our team, they're a really fantastic team over there, highly talented individuals who are very lucky to have. Um, you know, uh, that's, a big, uh, that's a big secret um, <laughs> or an unknown fact, just the quality of the team under, that we under, have. Underappreciated. Yes. Is, is yeah, the, that is we have the, over there. And, you know, the caliber of people that we have over there and you know their increasing excitement um, about mm. what's unfolding over there you know um, Marcelo Sanchez who's our commercial manager said to me look who was heavily involved in our recovery he said this reminds me a lot of our recovery it's a new project and you already have an automotive and, major and, yeah. aligned with you and I want to be involved and it means when you when you have a problem like when, when this is a matter of public record our, our, we changed drawers after only getting halfway through the first hole, but we've got people like we've got over there. Those problems are overcome. That problem was overcome actually quite easily, and we kind of got to a very good solution. And that's a that's a that's a very good reflection on the team we have there. It is too, and mining's a moving beast. Yeah, uh, and it's it's great that you've got a team that could spy that it wasn't working and was able to be nimble about this and adapt yeah. and overcome mm. to the circumstances. So I think that should be commended. I don't see that as a drawback at all. I see that as a team who's got their stuff together and they know what they're looking for and how they want to operate. Um, Rick, one question yep. I have for you before we wrap up today is, now you previously have an extensive track record of working with Orchem. Yes. What would make you come to a smaller project like Green Ring Resources? Well, I, I mean, I, I um, being a former licensed lawyer, I actually did the IPO for Oracle Cobre in 2007, which was okay. a 20, so it was a 25. The year I started out in the market. So, so, um, it was a 25. 25 cent um, IPR and it traded, I think, in the in the GFC down to uh, 13 cents. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and it, it is a stock that that has been as high before before we ran into the, the current ructions has been as high as sixteen dollars. It's still eight or eight fifty or thereabouts, but that's a lot of wealth creation. Yes. And it was a privilege. It was really exciting to be working for externally as an external consultant, but then for the last eight years working you know, hands on in uh, particularly in the corporate development side and working with our you know, working with our Japanese partners. That was just a really exciting thing to do. But that's sort of having seen that, uh, and that it's now it's it's now merged with Arcadium, and it's now a big company, and it's now being run out of the state. So that's that's sort of a, a chapter, which is, uh, but. The opportunity to, which I think San Jorge and um, Green Wing presents, is is to add significant value to to where we are in share price appreciation. Mm. Now it's not going. What that the lesson to remember that's from a two thousand and six to two thousand twenty. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, no. But but what it did, what you see, if you've got the right project, if you've got scale, you've the, you've got scale and you've got people, and you've got the commodity, the opportunity for significant. Wealth creation, I believe, is there in Greenwich. It's also about um, understanding, especially from an investor point of view. You know, you, there's trading and then there's investing, and these are two very different things. Yeah. And you want to be thinking of the, especially commodity investments, as a multi-year investment at a minimum, because markets take time. Or getting these things take to, uh, getting these things out of the ground take time. Now, gentlemen, we are nearly out of time for today, but I do have one question for both of you before we leave. Pete, you've already answered this, but I'm going to ask you again anyway. If I was to bump into you at a bar, let's say yep. I'm in, in San Jorge, for example. I'm in San Jorge. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> what cocktail would I be buying you? Probably a tequila. Um, I'm quite partial to a good tequila. Yeah, the place would be I don't think in, tequila likes me, though. <laughs> the place would be in Fiambalara. I don't know you'd want to be consuming alcohol. At 4,000 metres. 4,000 <laughs> metres, but uh, it, it never ends well. <laughs> in Fiambalara, you know, given its proximity and the project's proximity to the Chilean border, maybe a Pisco Sour. Oh, okay, um, very nice. Are nice. You just can't have too many of them. Especially uh, not at 4,000 metres. No, a Pisco Sour or a tequila. Okay, I, I can get on board with both of those. What about you, Rick? What would be your poison of choice at four thousand meters? Well, well, this wouldn't be at four thousand meters, but my my um, favorite cocktail. It's often the last cocktail I drink, um, and 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 last night I just had a fantastic uh, espresso martini mm. made with Vietnamese coffee, oh. uh, on um, with sweetened condensed milk in it. It was just. Fantastic. So you just were, down just down the road, just down the road from the tennis. There's a Melburnium. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, give, I I'll tell you. I'll tell you where that yeah, was. Yes, please. So, just I can't believe I've never had this before. I think I should go experiment just down, with just this. Just down in Swan Street. Oh, I might so. just stick to one though. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. This has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, I can assure you, I will be watching with eager eyes to see how this project develops, and I'm very excited to see about your maiden resource and yeah. what might be in store for you. Thanks for having us, Shay. The lithium price is getting absolutely hammered at the moment and it's taking lithium stocks with it, don't get me wrong. And it's also spooked some investors. But as Rick so rightly pointed out, you know, he's for lithium bull markets old now. And when this commodity price tumbles, what it actually does is it shakes out the unviable projects from the market. It's important to separate short-term price news away from mines that will take several years to still come online. Today's lithium price will look completely different four years from now. Of course, that brings this episode of Cocktails and Commodities to a close. Make sure you're following so you always know what stocks are making news, which commodities are moving markets, and the company's trying to get it out of the ground.